Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. Joey Wampler, my pastor, back with us tonight. We love you, preacher. We love you. Amen. Numbers chapter number 13, please. Numbers 13, please, tonight. If you're glad you're saved, say amen. Amen. It is good to be saved. It's good to be at Beacon Baptist Church one more night this week. Appreciate your hospitality, your kindness, your, the love that you show to us every time we come. And we do love you. And uh, praise the Lord for this church. And to thank God for what God has done and what God is doing. Aren't you glad God's not through with us? Praise the Lord. I'm glad he doesn't throw the clay away. I praise his name for that. It's so good to be saved tonight. So good to see you. I'll just give you just a little thought. I'll try not to keep you too long tonight out of Numbers chapter number 13. Let's start reading at verse number one, please, where the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers. Ye shall send a man, every one a ruler among them. Now let's go down to verse number 17. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that, that they dwell in. Verse number, at the end of the verse number 19, the Bible says, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be good wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring, notice this, this instruction here. He, Moses is sending the 12 spies into Canaan. They've not crossed Jordan yet. Sending the 12 spies into Canaan to bring back a report. He says, but when you come back with a report, bring some fruit. He says, bring of the fruit of the land. Don't just bring a report. Don't just bring the good news, but bring some evidence. Bring some fruit of the land, he said. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and searched the land uh, from the wilderness of Zion unto Rehob, as men come to Hamath. Now look down at verse number 23. And they came unto the brook Eschol. And the, the word Eschol means cluster of grapes. They came unto the brook of Eschol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bare it between two upon a staff, and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. So Moses sends them as spies into the land to bring back a report. And also bring back some, some evidence of what they're going to see in the land. Bring back some of the fruit of the land. And in verse 23, that's exactly what they do. They bring back some of the fruit of the land. Now we may ask, why was Moses so interested 
in the people of God, the spies, bringing back fruit of the land. Well, I believe that the motivation is that the fruit of the land, when they see what they bring back, it should produce some inspiration, some motivation, if you will. It's going to excite the people. Look at this fruit. Look what they brought. That's where we're going to live. That's where we're going. That's what we're going to see. That's what we're going to partake of. It's going to produce some excitement in the people of God. At least it should. It should encourage them. Look at what God has in store for us. God has great things in the future. Our, our best days are ahead of us. And God has some great things in store for us. It also should energize them. He said, bring fruit of the land. Fruit is full of sugar. It'll give you some energy. It'll give you some, uh, some ability, if you will, to continue. When you're tired and you're wore out, that, that sugar will give, you a, well, it'll give you a rush, if you will. It'll energize you. So, so Moses wants them to bring the fruit of the land so that the people will be excited about where they're going, will be encouraged about what lies ahead, and will be energized to keep on keeping on. And what, listen to this, what, what God was doing for the people of God then, He's done that for us today. Right, amen. God has put some things in our life sure. to excite us. Uh, you ought to think about this. We've sung about it. We think about it. We talk about it. The fact that Jesus died for our sins and rose again the third day, that ought to excite us. But think about all that you get as a benefit of his death and his burial and resurrection. The fact that we're saved from our sins, that we get, we really do get to spend eternity with God in heaven. That's not a pipe dream. That's not somebody, something somebody made up. That is true, friend, that we're really going to heaven and spend eternity with the God of this universe. Amen. That ought to excite us. It ought to encourage you. If God's willing to go through all that uh, for you and for me, He's going to take care of us. He's going to look out for us. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. He is really going to meet our needs. And at the end of it all, we get heaven. That ought to encourage us. All to energize us. Sure. God puts fruit in our life. God puts things in our life to give us energy to keep on keeping on for the glory of God. So what I want to do tonight, just for a moment, is take a look at verse 23 and look at what was brought back and how those men came back. And I believe that will give us a little object lesson, if you will, as to what God has done for us to to excite us, to encourage us, and to energize the people of God. You, you may have come in tonight a little discouraged, depressed, afraid. We're living in a time of fear. Brother Drew spoke about that just a moment ago. We're living in days of fear. Let me remind you, God didn't give you that spirit. God did not, he quoted a moment ago, God did not give you the spirit of fear. Yes, sir. If you're living in, in fear, that came from another source. It did not come from God. He gave us power and of love and a sound mind. That means when you live in fear, you don't have a sound mind. They're, they're opposites. Fear and a sound mind are opposites. God gave us power, love, a sound mind. And I'm glad we can, we can live the Christian life without having to, to live anxiously and stressfully because of what God has put in our lives. 
And those wonderful things that God has given us should excite us and encourage us and energize us. So if you're discouraged and depressed and despondent, close to giving in the towel tonight, let me remind you, uh, there's a big God in this universe, and He loves yes, you, sir. and He's blessed you with many blessings. Yes, sir. And if you and I would just tap into those blessings and what God has done for us, Amen. you'll find yourself getting encouraged. You'll find yourself getting excited. Amen. You'll find yourself getting energized. Right. Just realizing what God has done for you and I. Yes, Let's take a look at our verse here real quickly and look and see what the spies brought back from Canaan land. And let's see how we can make application to ourselves tonight. Look at verse 23, please, where the Bible says, And they came unto the brook Eschol. Now watch this phrase. <clears throat> and cut down from thence a branch. The Bible says that they cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. So here you find a branch that is, its life is being severed. It's being cut down. It's being cut off, if you will. Right. So here is a branch that is dying. <laughs> Here's a branch that's losing its life. Yeah. They're bringing back a branch that has been cut off from its life source. Right. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but multiple times in the Old Testament, Jesus Christ is referred to as the branch. The branch. And can I remind you that that branch had a moment in time where it was cut off. Daniel 9 says it was not cut off for himself. In other words, Jesus did not die for himself. He died for us. So what I see here in this cutting off the branch is the sacrifice of the Savior. The death of Jesus Christ when he was cut off from life. When he died on the cross. When he took all of our sins upon him. When he bore our sins and he bore our wrath. He was cut off for you. If you have no reason to shout other than yeah. that, friend. That's enough to shout tonight. That Jesus was willing to leave yes, the portals of glory, come to this earth, put on a robe of flesh, crawl up on an old rugged cross, let them nail his hands and his feet to that cross, and absorb the wrath of God for your sins and mine, to die for you, to die for me. If you have no other reason to shout and to rejoice and to smile and to be happy tonight, knowing that the God of this universe loved us so much that he was willing to be cut off off to save us from our sins, save us from hell. Yes, sir. That ought to energize you. That ought to encourage you. That ought to excite you tonight. That the branch was cut off. We see the sacrifice of the Savior, but He doesn't stop there. The Bible says that they cut down a branch from thence with one cluster of grapes. So the branch is cut off, but that branch had connected to it a cluster of grapes. And you know, you know in the Bible what we get from grapes. We get the fruit of the vine. Sure. We get that wine which brings joy, which comes from the Holy Spirit of God. You know what you get? By the death of Jesus Christ. Yes, you get saved from your sins, but he also gives you himself. You now have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You have the fruit of the vine living inside of you. And the Bible says in the book of Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord, which is produced by the Spirit of God. Read Galatians chapter number five. The fruit of the Spirit. Love. What's that second one? Joy. Joy is produced by the Holy Spirit in your life. That's right. 
Amen. And Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. How many of us tonight, I'm not trying to be ugly or, or fuss at anybody, but how many, maybe even in this room, you walked in tonight without any joy. Without any joy. The reason, one of the reasons, one of the reasons why so many saints of God are living without joy is because they're basing their, their feelings and their happiness and their mind on the circumstances of life. They look around them and they see things aren't going great. Right. There, there's war in Europe. Their gas is, is going up. You have this issue. You have that issue. If you're not careful, you'll get angry. You'll get discouraged. You'll get depressed. And it'll rob you of your joy. And maybe, maybe it's even closer to home. There's some things going on in your personal life. Maybe in your marriage. Maybe in your finances. Maybe in your health. Maybe something on your job. Something close to home is disturbing you and, and it's causing frustration and anxiety in your life. And here you are, no joy. Now, when, when you're on the mountaintop, marriage was great, bills are paid, bank account looked good, everybody's healthy, gas was $1.98, and oh, that was a long time ago. Russia hadn't invaded anybody. The president we have now wasn't the president then, and we just felt good about life. Amen. Amen. It's easy, yes, it's easy yes. to have joy when everything is going good. But if it comes and goes, it's not true joy. It's happiness based on happenings. Remember the Apostle Paul when he was in prison, he said, he said this, I think myself happy. The reason why he could is because he had a life source that was given to him that came by way of the cross of Calvary. Jesus died on the cross, and then Jesus said, I've done all this to give you the promise of the Father. That's what he calls it multiple times. The promise of the Father. At the end of Luke, in the book of Acts, the promise of the Father. What was the promise of the Father? It was the coming of the Holy Spirit. Right. It was the Holy Spirit. Christ in you, the hope of glory. One of the last things Jesus said to the disciples was, I'm going to go with you to the end of the world. I'm going to go with you. Now, Jesus was still here, still here in a physical realm. He wouldn't have been able to do that. His body, his physical body can only be at one place at one time. But when he went back to heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit, which is Christ in you, it's Christ in us in the person and in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. When he sent that Holy Spirit, back to us. It's Jesus moving into my life. It's Jesus moving into you. That's why he can keep that promise. I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. I'm going with you all the way to the end of the world because the Holy Spirit is in you. Yes. My friend, we can have joy tonight because we have Christ in us. And Christ in us gives us that hope. And the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in us should energize us and encourage us sure. and excite us. Yes. Jesus really does. If you're saved, he really does live inside your heart. Amen. He really does. That's why we can say with a songwriter, and he walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way. It's because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that we have that wonderful relationship with Christ. So I see the sacrifice of the Savior, but I also see the sending of the Spirit. They brought back with them that branch, and connected to that branch was a cluster of grapes. A picture, a beautiful picture of the sending of the Spirit of God. Amen.
Now I realize, and Jesus said this in the Gospel of John, that when He sends the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to speak of Christ. The Holy Spirit's going to glorify Christ. And that's one of the ways you can tell whether you're in a uh, Christ-exalting, Bible-believing church. If you're in a church and it's always Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, and there's an emphasis on Him instead of Christ, you know the Holy Ghost isn't, He's not there. Right. Because where, where the Holy Spirit is, Christ will be exalted. Christ will be the one that is spoken of. But I will say this. We ought to thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. You ought to thank God for the Spirit of God. Because it was the Holy Spirit that told you you were lost. It was the Holy Spirit that drew you to Christ. It was the Holy Spirit that baptized you into Christ. It was the Holy Spirit that put you into the body of Christ, the building of Christ, the, 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 the bride of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that did all that for you and I. So, so even though we're exalting Christ tonight, I don't think we're hurting anybody. By saying, I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's the one that regenerated us and birthed us into the family of God. We ought to praise the name for the praise the Lord's name for the sending of the Spirit. So we see real quickly the sacrifice of the Savior, the sending of the Spirit. But I also see, I, I see the Word of God in here. And I see it in its sections. The sections of the scriptures. You say, where in the world do you see that? Look with me. And they came into the brook Eschol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes and, watch this, they bear it. They bear the cluster of grapes between two upon a staff. So the cluster of grapes hung on a staff and it's born between two men. One in the front. Yeah. Front part of the staff, preach, preach. and one in the back. There's two men. The one in the front, he can't see the grapes. Yeah. <laughs> can't see it. But I know something big's behind me. Hey, there's something big coming down the road. There's something great. There's something wonderful right behind me. I, I see Abraham. He's in the front. Hey, something coming down the road behind me. I see Moses. Hey, there's something behind me on its way. I see, I see David. Hey, there's something big coming down behind me. Isaiah. Hey, there's really something big coming behind me. That's that Old Testament. They couldn't see it, but they knew something big was on its way, and they told us all about it. But the other guy on the other end, he sees it. Hey, I've seen it. It's big. That's Peter telling us, hey, it's wonderful. That's the Apostle Paul. It's wonderful. That's James. It's so good. That's the Word of God. The Word of God. You know why you can be excited and energized and encouraged not? God gave you a Bible. God gave us the Old Testament saying it's going to be great. And He gave us the New Testament says it is great. <laughs> that Old Testament said Jesus is going to be so wonderful. Then God gave us the New Testament. Jesus is so wonderful. Thank you, Lord. You got a Bible. Yes, sir. My friend, if you're discouraged tonight, you want to be encouraged? Open that book and look for Jesus. Then the Old Testament saints will tell you how it's going to be. Yes, sir. Then the New Testament saints are going to tell you how it is. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank God for your Bible tonight. Any Christian 
who is defeated, I guarantee there's a disconnect from the Word of God. There's a disconnect. God gave us the Holy Spirit. God gave us the Word of God. You put those things together, you got a happy child of God. Right. You got a joyful Christian. But you ever get disconnected? See, here's here's the problem. A lot of our churches. And I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to fuss. But we got a cancer in the Carolinas of this. A cancer. What what I'm seeing, it's in this area. It's where I'm from. We 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 are all about that King James Bible, and we need to be. We should be. And we jump in that book, and we love that book, but it's almost become an academic yeah. uh, philosophy to us, an academic practice. Uh, we're almost like the uh, Athenians there in Acts 17. They just want to hear something new. Mm-hmm. You know, you show, show me some insight, preacher. <laughs> show, me some, some, show me some deep thing, preacher. I don't see some deep thing. And I like the deep things. I love those things. <laughs> but it's not the deep things that'll save you. That's right. It's those shallow things. It's those those surface truths that have saved your life. That's why Wyatt can get saved on Sunday. He understood that surface truth. If it took understanding the deep things of God to get saved, none of us ever get saved. Thank God for those shallow truths. But what a lot of of us have done in the Carolinas, and we've been influenced by by, by Brother Seitler and Oliver B. Green, my pastor, Dr. McAbee, up in North Carolina, uh, Ralph Sexton Sr., and all those great men of God, and Mays Jackson, all those great preachers. And what we do is we see how they did church, and we think we figured out church. Right. Uh Uh-oh. And we got the right Bible. We got the right theology. Right. But we've made it such a head matter that we've forgotten about the heart issue. Listen, Beacon Baptist Church, if you're gonna if you're gonna let if God's gonna take you to another level of spirituality and sanctification and joy, this this issue of church and understanding the things of God has got to be more than just head. Knowledge. Sure. Things I, I put in my mind, it has to be a motivated heart issue. Jesus said, when you worship me, worship me in what? Spirit, Spirit and in truth. We got the truth down. But in a lot of ways, we're missing the spirituality of it. That's why a lot of our church services are just a dead exercise. When we come in, we should expect an encounter with the Holy God. Right. We should expect an encounter with the Holy God. We have the truth, so that regulates us, and that helps us know this is of God and that's not of God. I think some people are so terrified of being called Baptocostal or something that they're so terrified of it. Can I be real ugly for a minute? We've been so influenced by Bob Jones. Mm-hmm. So influenced by Bob Jones in this Preach. area. Preach. Amen. That's killed us. Amen. It's killed us. Yeah. Somebody better learn how to raise a hand. Amen. Say amen. That's right. right. Yeah. 
God gets in here, it may get a little dangerous. Right. Right. Amen. Now, I'm not saying we need to become charismatic. Right. I just say every now and then we all be accused of it. <laughs> if they can't ever accuse you of that, then you're probably not letting the Holy Spirit have His way in your life. Sure. Brother Robbie Burton preached here Sunday morning. Great, great, great Thank preacher. God. He has a message he preaches yes, on worship, on praise. And he went through the Old Testament of all the Hebrew words that were linked to praise, worship. Now, I don't remember which one it was, but he said, he said, this particular Hebrew word, he said, this word here in the Hebrew means, if you're praising God, the person beside you is going to know it. Right. So that's what the word means. In other words, if you're really worshiping God, then the people beside you are going to know that you are. Right. If we're scratching our head wondering if you had an encounter with God, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't. That doesn't mean everybody acts the same way. Not everybody runs a lap. Not everybody throws a chair. Not every, But you worship God. You worship God. In spirit and in truth. Let the Bible regulate it. But let the Holy Ghost energize it. He gave us the cluster of grapes and the two men that carried them to bring us some encouragement, sure. some excitement, and some energy uh, to live the Christian life. Thank God for the Holy Spirit, and thank God for the Holy Scriptures. Aren't you glad you got a Bible tonight? Amen. Thank God for the Word of God. But then, let's not stop there. The Bible says that they brought this branch with a cluster of grapes, and they bared upon, between two, upon a staff. That's a long piece of wood. Right. Here I see the success of the Son, the Son of God. Here you have this man in the front, a man in the back, and the cluster of grapes, and they're all connected to a piece of wood. That means this piece of wood is keeping the two men together and is bringing to them the cluster of grapes. That, my friend, is a picture of the success of Jesus Christ. You know what links the Old Testament to the New Testament? The cross of Calvary. Right. That piece of wood connects the two Testaments. And it's that piece of wood that brings to us every blessing that we would ever need. It's all born on the staff. Right. My friend, never minimize the cross of Calvary. Right. Don't minimize what Jesus did for you on the cross. It's more than just, I am now saved from my sin. It's more than just, He died for me. That's wonderful, and that's enough to throw a chair over. That's enough to get excited about. But it's so much more than that. Every, every second of the day, everything in your life, every blessing, every truth that comes to you, everything that you have is hinged upon the cross of Calvary. All that God has ever given you comes by way of the cross. If you've got it and it came from God, it was paid for on the cross of Calvary. We've got the Old Testament. We've got the New Testament. We've got the Holy Ghost. And it all came to us because Jesus died on the cross. If he doesn't die, there is no need for an Old Testament. There is no need for a New Testament. There's no sending of the Holy Spirit. There's no being saved from your sin. There's no eternal life. It's through the cross of Calvary. 
and the success of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me remind you, uh, your Savior is very successful. Yes, sir. He gets the job done. Amen. He knows what he's doing, and he knows how to do it. He's successful. He has a very, very successful ministry. Yes, he does. Every single time anyone has ever come to him, he saved them. Amen. You're talking about a great physician? Now, that's a great physician. There's not another doctor on the planet that has ever done that. There's plenty of doctors right here. They're just practicing medicine. And they're practicing on us. One of these days, somebody might get it right. I'm just kidding. I appreciate our physicians. I appreciate our medical workers. But every one of them, they've lost somebody. You go to any doctor, they'll tell you, we've lost some patients. Couldn't save everybody. But there's never been one that came to Jesus Christ and, and walked away and said, well, Jesus couldn't do nothing for me. That physician couldn't handle what I had. He couldn't handle my sickness. He couldn't handle my disease. He couldn't handle what was wrong with No, every person that ever came to Jesus with whatever was wrong with him, he was able to handle exactly what they were going through, what they were dealing with, what they were. He saved every one of them. The only people that never got saved are the ones that didn't go to the doctor. They didn't go to Jesus. Anybody ever went to Christ, they were saved. That's the success of the Son. Let me give you one more and I'm done. I see here, real quickly, the sacrifice of the Savior, the sending of the Spirit, the sections of the Scriptures, the success of the Son, and lastly, I see in this passage the salvation of the sinner. The salvation of the sinner. Look what the Bible says at the end of the verse. And they brought with them, not just the, the staff with the cluster of grace, but they also brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. They brought pomegranates and they brought figs. You say, preacher, now you're about to stretch it. How in the world can you see in pomegranates and figs the salvation of the sinner? But well, one of them is probably kind of easy, the figs. If you've uh, studied your Bible for any amount of time, you know that the figs and the fig tree is compared to the nation sure. of Israel. Let me remind you that one of these days the nation of Israel is going to be That's saved. Right. right. Yeah. I know we're living a day where there's an eruption of replacement theology. There, there are actually people out there. There's actually Baptists with King James Bible who say, God's never going to deal with that group of people ever again. I got a good Greek word for that. It's called nonsense. Nonsense. God is going to save that nation one of these days. Not right now, but He's going to save that nation. When the times of the Gentiles and the fullness of the Gentiles come to an end, God's bringing that nation back to Himself. And right here we see that. Here, here they come with the figs. They're saying the nation of Israel are going to be saved. But what about them pomegranates? Yeah, go ahead. What about the pomegranates? That's, a, that's an interesting fruit, the pomegranate. I don't know how much you know about the pomegranate, but it's a, it's a, it's a very juicy fruit. I'm not talking about the bubble gum. I'm talking about it's a, it's a fruit that's filled with tiny little seeds that are filled with juice. Filled with juice. 
It's a very fruitful fruit, if you will. Very fruitful. Similar to what the Holy Spirit does in the indwelt believer in the New Testament church. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 23, talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and it names nine of those little pomegranate seeds that are inside that Christian. I believe the pomegranate is a good representation of the New Testament church. I believe that's us. I believe that's, new, uh, that's a picture of you and I coming to Christ and getting saved. You say, how in the world can you say that? Well, real quick, I'm not going to make a turn there. But if you're taking notes, write down Exodus 28, verse 33. Because in Exodus 28, verse 33, the pomegranate was to be sawn into the hem of the robe of the high priest. And that's where that woman with the issue of blood reached out and touched the Lord. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. And she was made whole. She touched where the pomegranate goes. And she was made whole. Who is our high priest? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And his garment has at the hem the pomegranates. Representing, I'll make you whole. I'll save you from whatever is wrong with you. But we're not done. If you're taking notes, write this down. 1 Kings 7, verse 18. 1 Kings 7, verse 18. In 1 Kings 7, Solomon is building the temple. Solomon's temple. And he has those two pillars in the front of the temple. And the Bible says that at the top of the pillars, they put pomegranates. Pomegranates at the top of the pillars. You say, well, what is the point of that, preacher? Well, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 says that the house of God, which is the church of the living God, is the pillar and the ground of truth. Solomon was giving us a beautiful picture of the church of Jesus Christ when he put those pillars upon those, put those pomegranates upon those pillars. We are, as the church of God, the pillar and the ground. The New Testament church is the pillar and the ground of truth. And just to remind us, he put the pomegranates on the pillars of the temple. But that's not all. Pomegranates were put at the hem of the robe of the high priest. Jesus is our high priest. Pomegranates were put on the pillars of Solomon's temple. We are the pillar and ground of truth. We're also the temple of God, by the way. The church is the temple of God. But lastly, in the book of Song of Solomon, when the man is describing, who I believe is Solomon, is describing his bride, and he's talking about how she appears and how she looks, the Bible says twice in the Song of Solomon, he says, thy temples, talking about this part of her body, the te thy temples are like a piece of pomegranate mm -hmm. within thy locks. Here is Solomon talking about his bride. Solomon is a type of Christ. Yes, sir. His bride is a type of the church, the bride of Christ. And he says, your temple is like the pomegranate. 
The temple is the area that represents the mind. The mind. And the Bible says in Ephesians 4.23, And be renewed in the spirit yes, of your mind. When you got saved by the grace of God, Jesus didn't just change your heart. Right. He changed your mind. Sure. He changed your mind. He renewed your mind. The warfare for the child of God is in the mind. If the devil can get your mind, he's got the rest of you. That's why we must have a renewing of the mind. And thank God when he saved us, he gave us that, that initial renewing. We begin to think different. We begin to see different. We begin to consider differently. There was one way I acted and thought before I got saved. After I got saved, I couldn't just act like that and think like that anymore. And if I tried again, he deals with me because he wants me to have that renewed mind. But he said that about his bride, Solomon did. About his bride. So here in the book of Numbers, in chapter number 13, verse number 23, when they brought the pomegranates and of the figs, they're bringing what I would say are the results, if you will. The accomplishment representing what Jesus Christ brings with him. And they're coming with the two men. They're coming with the staff. They're coming with the grapes. They're included with all that Christ has done. And my friend, one of these days we're going to get to heaven. We're going to be there with all the saints of God. But we're going to be there with the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God, with, with what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. We're going to be there because of the accomplishment of Jesus Christ. You're going to see the pomegranates, that's us, and you're going to see the figs, the nation of Israel. And we're going to all be there with, as one people of God, saved by the blood, saved by His marvelous grace. And He's showing us this. Moses said, bring us that fruit so that we can be in encouraged Amen. and excited Amen. and energized. My friend, God has given us the death of Christ, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit. He's given us a track record of the Lord Jesus Christ, and He's given us each other. You're looking at the pomegranates tonight. Why is it such a big deal to look at the pomegranates? But when I see what God has done for you, I know God will do the same for me. Amen. And when you see what God has done for me, you'll know God will do the same for you. See, when one of these days we all get to that land, right now we're to be encouraged and energized and, and excited. But one of these days they're going to come, we're going to all gather with the saints of God, and we're going to gather as the trophies of grace. Because of what our dear Savior has done for us. Right. Now tonight, I may not have been even speaking to you. You may have never been saved before. You've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You may even question whether Jesus would even save you at all. But let me make you this guarantee. He's very successful. And there's never been a person, let me repeat myself, there's never been a person who's ever come to Christ that went to hell. Amen. I'm going to say that again. There's never been a person who ever came to Christ and then went to hell. Right. There's never been a person that came to Christ that did not have their sins forgiven. 
There's never been a person that came to Christ that was not guaranteed eternal life and eternity with God in heaven. There's never been one person. And he's not going to start with you tonight. If you come to Christ, he's going to do for you what he's done for everybody else. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you his work on the cross. He's going to give you the word of God. He's going to give you eternal life. And one of these days you'll be gathered with the figs and the pomegranates in celebration of all that Christ has ever done for us. Yes, sir. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, we thank you for the word of God tonight. And I do pray that you'd have mercy upon us. You know the need of this hour. If there's one here that's lost and on their way to hell, I pray that you'd save them. But I pray for the saints of God that you'd remind the people of God tonight of all that the Lord has given us in this life now to energize us, to excite us, to encourage us in the promises of God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for rising again. Thank you for being our successful Savior. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com.